एपिसोड फिफ्टी टू ओके सो लेट्स टॉक अबाउट द प्राइमरी वर्सेज सेकेंडरी एड्रीनल इनसफिशियंसी सो द मैकेनिज्म पॉसिबल इटियोलॉजीज कॉटिसोल लेवल एल्डस्ट्रॉन लेवल ए सी टी एच लेवल एंड द क्लिनिकल फीचर्स सो इन प्राइमरी एड्रीनल इनसफिशियंसी द मैकेनिज्म इज डिस्ट्रक्शन ऑफ बायोलिट्रल एड्रीनल कॉटिक्स ओके एंड इन सेकेंडरी एड्रीनल इनसफिशियंसी द मैकेनिज्म इज डिस्ट्रक्शन ऑफ हाइपोथेलमिक पिट्यूटरी एक्सेस एंड possible etiologies of primary adrenal insufficiency are autoimmune adrenalitis and infection and malignancies okay and secondary adrenal insufficiency the etiologies are chronic glucocorticoid therapy and infiltrative disorders so in primary adrenal insufficiency we see that cortisol is reduced aldosterone is reduced but acth is increased okay but in secondary adrenal insufficiency we see that only cortisol is reduced and aldosterone is normal here and acth is also reduced okay so the clinical features of primary adrenal insufficiency is more severe symptoms and hypovolemia and also hyperkalemia hyponatremia hyperpigmentation so we see hyperpigmentation potassium is uh, high sodium is low volume is uh, low and uh, more severe symptoms are there in secondary there are less severe symptoms u volume is there and minimal electrolyte disturbances not to that extent and there is no hyperpigmentation so basically this patient has nausea weakness fatigue following an abandonation of the glucocorticoid therapy most likely has secondary adrenal insufficiency which result in disruption of the hypothalamic pituitary axis we already know what is this hypothalamic pituitary axis in this the crh is there crh causes release of acth and this acth causes release of cortisol okay but if exogenous cortisol is used then the axis is disrupt whatever now the chronic use of exogenous glucocorticoid prednisone suppresses the secretions of both corticotropin releasing hormone and also the from the hypothalamus and acth from the anterior pituitary gland on abrupt disruption or i should say abrupt discontinuation of the exogenous glucocorticoid the pituitary gland may be able to increase the acth secretions to meet the metabolic demand for up to 6 to 12 months resulting in secondary adrenal insufficiency okay i think i said may be able to increase but may be unable to increase okay the pituitary gland won't be able to increase the acth okay for next 6 to 12 months so it results in secondary adrenal insufficiency any patients who receive chronic glucocorticoid for more than equal to 3 weeks is at risk of developing secondary uh, adrenal insufficiency and the risk increases with those who have had longer treatment durations and those with the who are also having cushingoid features because that signifies that he is chronically using the exogenous steroids such as facial plethora and supraclavicular fat pad so if the supraclavicular fat pad is there this suggests the cushingoid features which is mainly caused because of the excess glucocorticoid or the exogenous steroid intake okay now the diagnosis of the secondary adrenal insufficiency is confirmed by measurement of the low levels of both cortisol and acth because aldosterone secretions from the adrenal cortex is mediated primarily by the angiotensin 2 rather than the acth so aldosterone levels are normal in secondary adrenal insufficiency mild hyponatremia can be there because of the cortisol deficiency and can increases the antidiuretic hormone secretions with otherwise electrolyte abnormalities in the secondary um, adrenal insufficiency are typically minimal okay now primary adrenal insufficiency result from the destruction of all the three layers of the bilateral adrenal cortex that is autoimmune adrenalitis therefore there are low levels of both cortisol and aldosterone and acth level is increased due to compensation 
due to for compensation okay because there is uh, no negative feedback from hpa the low aldosterone levels causes hyperkalemia hypovolemia and hypovolemia inducing a prominent increase in adh secretions and more pronounced hyponatremia is there in secondary adrenal insufficiency in addition the increase in the acth level causes hyperpigmentation and also increased level of the precursor of the acth such as probiomelanocortin now increase acth and cortisol can be seen with physiologic response in re- in relation to the stress or acth secreting uh, dependent cushing syndrome okay now let's talk about the next question which is the evaluations of the suspected hyperaldosteronism okay so patient present with hypertension and hypokalemia so whenever we see that blood pressure is increased but potassium is low that time the first thing which we are supposed to do is we asked to measure the plasma renin level or plasma aldosterone concentration okay like both and we take out the ratio of that now if plasma renin level is increased and also plasma aldosterone is increased but the ratio is equal to 10 then it is secondary hyperaldosteronism okay because of increase in the renin use only it is causing hyperaldosteronism because of that increased renin and it is mainly seen in with diuretic use okay say with cirrhosis congestive heart failure renovascular hypertension renin secreting tumor malignant hypertension or coagulation of aorta so if renin and uh, angiotensin both are increased it is because of uh, diuretics cirrhosis congestive heart failure renovascular hypertension renin secreting tumor malignant hypertension and coagulation of aorta but if we see that renin is reduced and angiotensin is decreased that means it is primary etiology angiotensin is releasing which is causing negative feedback to renin okay but the ratio will be more than equal to 20 because angiotensin is above as compared to renin on like angiotensin is numerator and the renin is denominator in the ratio okay and uh, yeah this angiotensin level will be more than equal to 15 so it is uh, causing the primary hyperaldosteronism adrenal ct scan to determine the etiology will do adrenal ct scan if both of these are reduced that is renin and angiotensin then the other causes of hypertension and hypokalemia should be ruled out such as congenital adrenal hyperplasia glucocorticoid resistance exogenous mineralocorticoid use cushing syndrome and altered aldosterone metabolism so altered aldosterone metabolism cushing syndrome exogenous mineralocorticoid exogenous a uh, glucocorticoid resistance and congenital adrenal hyperplasia all these findings can cause a hypertension and hypokalemia okay but both renin and aldosterone will be low so this younger hypertensive patients with significant family history raising a strong suspicion for the secondary causes of hypertension the easily induced hypokalemia after starting a thiazide diuretics causing primary hyperaldosteronism so whenever a thiazide diuretic is uh given to any patients with hypertension so it can leads to primary hyperaldosteronism okay now the patients with uh, mild hyper uh, mild primary hyperaldosteronisms may not have a spontaneous hypokalemia but they are prone to develop the diuretic induced hypokalemia other findings include metabolic alkalosis and mild hypernatremia that is 143 to 147 loop, uh, sodium concentration the best screening test is early morning plasma aldosterone level to plasma renin ratio okay and it should be more than equal to 20 and plasma aldosterone level alone should be more than equal to 15 so this is the primary hyperaldosteronism ct scan of the abdomen is done for the screening of renovascular hypertension due to renal artery sclerosis or fibromuscular dysplasia these conditions can cause the secondary hyperaldosteronism where we see the ratio is less than 
and uh, CT scan angiography is not required at this time in this patient. Dexamethasone suppression test is a test for Cushing syndrome. The patient typically develops the findings such as central obesity, purple drive, more proximal muscle wasting, glucose intolerance and hypertension. But normal glucose makes this unlikely. Thiazide diuretics causes hypokalemia. That is low thiazide is uh, usually not associated with the degree of hypokalemia seen in this patient. Okay. Now, urine potassium excretion by collecting 24-hour urine has been documented in appropriate potassium excretion. A 24-hour urine potassium should be equal to more than equal to 30 in the presence of hypokalemic suggests the hyperaldosteronism. However, this test is no longer commonly used. So basically, the patient with minor hyperaldosteronisms may present may not have spontaneous hypokalemia but are prone to develop the diuretic-induced hypokalemia. Okay. Now, let's talk about the Cushing syndrome. So in that we see moon feces and muscle wasting is there, proximal muscle wasting, purple striers is there, abdominal obesity, supraclavicular parafat, buffalo hump, all these findings are there. Okay. So this patient with severe features of Cushing syndrome, that is hypercortisolisms, weight gain, proximal muscle weakness, hypertensions are common presenting findings. A patient can experience easy bruisability and dermal atrophy and purple striers due to catabolic effect of the cortisols on the connective tissue. However, the platelet functions and coagulation proteins are normal. Okay, so platelet and coagulation proteins are normal. It is just because the connective tissue is um, uh, catabolized like it is degraded okay because of the excess cortisol which leads to purple striers and easy bruisability and dermal atrophy dermatologic signs may include hyperpigmentation in ACTH dependent Cushing syndrome the increase in the cutaneous fungal infection this is also there that is the tinea versicolor and onchromicrosis so you can see the tinea versicolor and onchromicrosis are associated with the Cushing syndrome because there is increased risk of cutaneous fungal infection women can have the features of hyperandrogenism that is the menstrual irregularities, acne and hirsutism which resembles like PCOD but it is not PCOD, it's Cushing syndrome because the other findings suggest of Cushing syndrome due to co-secretions of adrenal androgens with the cortisol. So we know that adrenal gland also has androgens. So sometimes that are also secreted along with the cortisol. So that's why hyperglycemia is common. Due to peripheral insulin resistance and hypercortisolism induced gluconeogenesis, hypokalemia and alkalosis may be present due to partial mineralocorticoid effect of the cortisol. If cortisol levels are very high, once there is laboratory confirmations of the hypercortisolism, late night salivary cortisol assay, 24-hour urinary free cortisol measurement, overnight low dose dexamethasone suppression test, ACTH levels are measured to differentiate the ACTH dependent, ACTH secreting pituitary tumors and ectopic ACTH and ACTH independent that is adrenal adenoma causes. Okay, now cutaneous small vessels vasculitis can be triggered with the help of infections, medications, inflammatory conditions and malignancies and if present with non-blanching violaceous petechiae close into the which ultimately coalesces into the this palpable purpura weight gain hypoglycemia and hyperandrogenism symptoms are not common in case of cutaneous small vessels vasculitis okay next is pcod i told you they have a number of features as cushing syndrome such as obesity irregular menstruations and hyperandrogenism however skin atrophy muscle weakness bruising is not seen vitamin c deficiency causes microvascular bleeding due to impaired synthesis of collagen vitamin k Deficiency leads to bleeding due to reduced level of the coagulation factors 2, 7, 9, 10. 
and one very very disease it is autosomal dominant disorders where there is plated impairment however these conditions would not explain the patient weight gain or muscle weakness or hyperandrogenism or hyperglycemia metabolic alkalosis okay now let's talk about the male secondary hypogonadism so in case of male the secondary hypogonadism clinical features are simply fatigue and decreased libido testicular atrophy can be there and also on laboratory examination you see that there is low testosterone along with that there is low uh, or normal LH level okay although whenever the testosterone is low we think that LH should be increased but in this case since it's a secondary hypogonadism the LH and LH is only no therefore the testosterone is low okay now the common causes of male secondary hypogonadism are pituitary tumors, hyperprolactinemias. So you should know hyperprolactinemias and pituitary tumors also medications such as opioids, glucocorticoid and exogenous and exogenous androgens withdrawal phase. Okay. And infiltrative disorders such as hemochromatosis and chronic and severe illness, eating disorders, severe weight loss. So pituitary tumors, hyperprolactinemia, opioids glucocorticoid exogenous androgens withdrawal phase infiltrative disease hemochromatosis chronic severe illness and eating disorders and severe weight loss so this patient with secondary hypogonadism present with low libido and erectile dysfunctions and low serum testosterone level secondary pituitary and hypothalamic hypogonadism can be differentiated from the primary hypogonadism by low or inappropriately normal LH. In addition, whereas the in primary hypogonadism, the elevation in the gonadotropin levels stimulate the aromatase of the aromatization of the testosterone to the estrogens, leading to gynecomastia, bilateral breast enlargement, and increase in the secondary hypogonadism is uh, yeah breast enlargement. But in secondary hypogonadism, these findings are less prominent. Secondary hypogonadism is a common adverse effect of opioid because opioid suppresses the GnRH and LH. So this was the main point. You should remember that opioid drugs can suppress the GnRH and LH, which can ultimately suppress the testosterone and leading to hypogonadism and the features of hypogonadism. Okay, this leads to reduced ladies' cell testosterone synthesis and decreased spermatogenesis and testicular atrophy. Additional manifestation includes depression, hot flashes, and osteoporosis in women. Menstrual irregularities are common. Now. Lumbosacral nerve root compression or injury can cause the erectile dysfunction but the hormone level will be normal. Skull fractures and pituitary mass lesions can cause the secondary hypogonadism due to disruption of the hypophyseal portal venous systems and direct injury to the allied secreting pituitary gonadotropins. However, this disorder typically causes mild to moderate elevation in prolactin because prolactin will be, yeah, we see that there is mild to moderate elevation in prolactin due to disruption of the dopaminergic neurons in the pituitary stroke. Okay. But there was here the prolactin level was uh, normal in okay now uh, rapid weight loss and anorexia can cause secondary hypogonadism due to suppression of GnRH secretions although overweight and obese patients may have mildly lower testosterone levels and moderate weight gain in the patients with normal BMI would not cause the symptomatic hypogonadism okay so I think you got this thing the next question was the patient was having liver cirrhosis this was not mentioned in the question this was simply the answer okay well, now let me tell you what are the signs of liver cirrhosis so you can see jaundice esophageal viruses splenomegaly ascites capitmadisi and anorectal viruses palmarithema testicular atrophy loss of sexual hairs gynecomastia spinal angioma and also ichymosis and edema so basically this patient was having an erectile dysfunction testicular atrophy and this is most commonly due to hypogonadism 
which is a more common complication of chronic liver disease with cirrhosis. What happened here is cirrhosis, especially due to alcoholic liver disease or hemochromatosis, can cause the hypogonadism due to primary gonadal injury and hypothalamic pituitary dysfunction. Cirrhosis is associated with elevated circulating levels of estradiol due to increased conversion from the androgen. Findings due to the excess estrogens includes detailangiectasias, palmarythema, testicular atrophy, gynecomastia, usually bilateral rather than unilateral. Okay but can be unilateral okay so you have to remember this thing now in addition to the liver produce uh, the serum binding proteins for the thyroid hormone thyroid binding globulin transthyretin and albumin and lipoproteinemia okay but cirrhosis leads to decreased production of this protein therefore the lower lowers the total thyroid in like t3 t4 level is lower in the circulations because these proteins are only not formed so the thyroid binding globulins or the proteins which are responsible for the formations of t3 t4 okay however t3 t4 levels are unchanged and tsh will be normal reflecting the youth thyroid state so basically in cirrhosis can cause the hypogonadism due to primary gonadal and hypothalamic pituitary dysfunction cirrhosis is associated with elevating circulating level of estrogens due to increased conversion from the androgens you can see by uh, this gynecomastia and testicular atrophy and all these findings okay now adrenal insufficiency can cause fatigue weakness anorexia weight loss and it's a women of adrenal insufficiency, features of hypogonadism, loss of libido and decreased pubic hairs can be seen due to decreased adrenal androgen productions. However, the men with adrenal insufficiency do not develop these findings as the androgens are primarily produced in the testis. Okay. In addition, the androgen insufficiency would not explain this patient's gynecomastia, testicular atrophy and thyroid hormone abnormalities. Exogenous thyroid hormone intake causes weight loss, fatigue, anxiety. However, the thyroid TSH would be suppressed in case of exogenous, not normal. Hashimoto thyroiditis, chronic autoimmune thyroiditis due to lymphocytic infiltration of the thyroid causing the hypothyroidism and laboratory studies will show elevated TSH and decreased T3, T4 and antiperoxidase antibody. Arterial insufficiency is a common cause of the erectile dysfunctions. However, this would not cause the gynecomastia or the testicular atrophy and most patients would have the other signs of the arterial diseases. Okay. Androgen insensitivity is caused by mutations in the androgen receptors and would cause primarily infertility like primary infertility. Primary amenorrhea is in genetically male but a phenotypically female individual complete androgen insensitivity syndrome. Okay. It is unlikely in these patients with recent onset of the sexual dysfunction because if that was there, the primary infertility, so he will not have developed the secondary sexual characteristics only. Okay, now the next question is approximately 40 to 45 percent of the blood total blood calcium is bound to the albumin and other plasma proteins. The remainder is transported in the blood as ionized calcium that is 40 to 55 percent or other complex with the phosphate or other anions like 5 to 15 percent as a result the patient with hypoalbuminuria may result in deficient in the total of uh, calcium okay significantly deficit in the total blood calcium however the ionized calcium that is uh, physiologically active form is hormonally regulated and uh, remains stable so ex uh, assessing the clinical significance of hypocalcemia detected in the common serum metabolic panel requires corrections of the serum albumin concentration the serum calcium concentrations decreases by 0.8 with every one gram per deciliter decrease in serum albumin so if one gram albumin is reduced the calcium reduces by 0.8 milligram okay 
the correction of the calcium level can be calculated using the formula so corrected calcium would be measure of the total calcium plus 0.8 into 4 minus albumin so normal level of albumin is 4 and we will subtract the serum albumin this patient is having so we will find the deficient calcium and we will multiply deficient albumin then we will multiply it with 0.8 so we will get a, get a value of deficient calcium and we will uh, add it to the total calcium and that will be the correct calcium in the patient's body okay the patient with the nephrotic syndrome heavy proteinuria hypoalbuminuria and edema has a corrected calcium of 8.94 that is 7.5 milligram per deciliter 0.8 into plus 0.8 into 4 minus 2.2 because this patient was having 2.2 gram um, albumin only okay the hypocalcemia is uh, most likely due to the hypoalbuminuria from the nephrotic range of the proteinuria and it is not clinically significant direct measurement of the ionized calcium is uh, is performed in many clinical laboratories but it requires special handlings and may not be readily available so basically the patient with hypoalbuminemia uh, can have decreased total serum calcium however the ionized calcium physiologically active form is hormonally regulated regulated and remains normal okay now the vitamin d is uh, formed in the skin and absorbed from the intestine hydroxylated in the liver and then one hydro 25 hydroxy vitamin d is converted into 1,25 hydroxy vitamin d with the help of kidney that is one alpha hydroxylation but if kidney dysfunction is there this vitamin d will be low okay yeah and it can lead to hypocalcemia because of decreased intestinal absorption but this patient has normal creatine level which uh, makes this diagnosis unlikely that this patient does not have any kidney disorders hypoparathyroidism can cause the hypocalcemia and is most commonly due to an autoimmune destructions of the parathyroid gland and the surgery parathyroidectomy thyroid and radical head and neck surgery for the cancers in addition to hypocalcemia these patients would be expected to have the decreased parathyroid hormone levels and elevated serum phosphorus this patients with normal serum phosphorus makes this unlikely Pseudo-hypoparathyroidism is a rare disorder characterized by PTH resistant in the target organ, kidney, bone. These patients have hypocalcemia, elevated phosphorus and high PTH. So patients with hypoalbuminuria can have a decreased serum total calcium. However, ionized or physiology form of the calcium is hormonally regulated. So they remain same. Alright, so this is it for this lecture. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any doubt, you can leave me a message or you can... Uh, inform me you can dm me on my instagram handle that is usmle underscore clarity clarity underscore precede underscore success thank you so much for listening